Bible podcast. We hope you'll enjoy this message by Pastor Joey Bonifacio. We have been journeying in a series of messages on miracles. We've described miracles or explained miracles last week as an extraordinary and welcome set of events that are not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore attributed to divine agency or God. Now, we began the series, at least in my segment of it, the feeding of the 5,000. The miracle actually bridges the second miracle, which is Jesus walking on water. And today we continue on the message on Jesus turning water into wine. I've entitled this message, Miracles Can Happen at Parties Too. In John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, we find the first miracle Jesus ever made. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. Notice the words took place in a place called Cana in Galilee. The people present, Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. The distinction is it's probable that his mother was part of the organizing committee of this little wedding. Cana is the gathering place. It's a big story, but it really is actually a very small place. It was a a party that was held in Cana, and it's probably a party of about 50 to 100 people. And it was, as the Bible says, held in a place called Galilee. Galilee approximately has 3 million people. And Cana in Galilee is actually in Nazareth. Nazareth probably has 400 to 500 people. Giving you the idea that there was intimacy because people knew each other in this party. Mary was there, Jesus was there, and his disciples were there. People who knew them as ordinary people. Remember, keeping in mind that Jesus up to this point had not created or done any miracle, and it was an intimate setting. A big event, literally, in a small place. And the reason why it is a big event, not just because of the miracle, was because it was a wedding. And in Hebrew culture, weddings are big things. It is the launching and the starting of a family. And like Western culture, where weddings just are a ceremony, a wedding ceremony is the culmination of a year of preparation. The bridegroom or the husband prepares the house where they're going to live and gathers all the material. Remember, this was during those days, you couldn't just buy things off the shelf. He had to gather all the things for a year necessary for the culmination moment of his wedding, and this was that day. And one of those things was the wine, which was featured in the wedding, as we will see in a bit. The first point I want to make is Jesus' first miracle. The miracle is so significant because up to until this time, no one in Nazareth knew that he was the Savior. And no one, not, not any part of Israel, has he done anything of this magnitude. Jesus' first miracle shows us that Jesus cares about relationship. It was intimate. It was in a small place. It was among people he grew up with. This was the very place that he grew up with when his father and mother moved there. Now notice in verse 3 where it says, When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They had no more wine. Before I explain what happened here or what was going on, let me first explain the idea of wine. Wine is not just they just settled the issue whether this was just juice that had no alcohol on it or was it really wine. And for the final time, as you read the Bible, remember this was real wine. Real wine back in those days and throughout all of civilization, 
wine mattered, and if for that matter, even beer. It played a major role in society simply because water was too dangerous to drink and chlorine had not been invented. Wine actually acted as the purifying agent diluted in water so that it will be able to allow people to drink water. Wine was something that civilization had. Now, certainly, grapes were part of it, but in this case, there might have been other fruits. The point is they were fermented, and it had the alcohol that was necessary for, for the, the, the cleaning up the water. And needless to say that it, because of that alcohol, it was also used in celebrations because it made people spirited and high. It's very important in the days of those commodities. Now, when the wine ran out, it is a big deal because as I've said, weddings were a preparation for a year and wine is at the center of it, the collection of it. And, then, and, and all of that really says a lot about the bridegroom. If, if the wine runs out, which is what happened in this case, then maybe they're thinking, maybe he's not the smartest bridegroom. He didn't plan too well. Maybe he's not too hardworking. Maybe he doesn't have it all together. Maybe he's not responsible or maybe he simply is not ready to get married. John chapter 2, verse 3 is that context. When the, wine, when, the, when the wine has gone out, Jesus' mother told him the wine had gone out. Now watch what happens and what Jesus replies to Mary. He says in verse 4, Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My hour has not yet come. Sounds very irreverent when you start thinking or disrespectful. And to dispel that notion, I want you to understand what's going on here. Woman, when Jesus said that, he wasn't just uh, insulting his mother or answering back. He was actually trying to explain something very important. And for you to understand that, you under, have to understand three things. Jesus is Mary's oldest son. In other words, Mary and, jo and Jesus grew up together. And in this particular case, where Mary could not turn to her husband, who's probably by now dead, she turns to her oldest son. Now remember, Jesus is God in human form. In other words, throughout the years as he was growing up, every time Mary asked him to do something, she would wonder how in the world did he do that? He was very committed. He was very obedient. He was this, and he knows the word so well to honor his mother. The point is, this was not something like he was insulting his mom. He was just say, saying this for the first time because recorded for the first time is Jesus distinguishing between Mary being her mother and he being her son and now he being his Lord. Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. In essence, what he's saying is, more than just your son, I'm also the savior of the world. And we know that Jesus cared about his relationships, but he was also concerned about his mission. Woman is his way of telling her that this is times of change, that, that this season is coming where I have to be who I was meant to be. Notice in the book of Luke chapter 11, verse 27, we find the same issue, which you can take as disrespectful. As he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast that which have nursed you. Now, this is obviously talking about his mother again. And watch what he says in reply. He says, but he said, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Jesus was on point about, that's not about my mother, it's about the mission. Watch also what he says in Matthew chapter 12, verses 48 to 50. He says, he replied, who is my mother and who is my brother? This was in response to people telling him that his mother and brothers were, were, were outside. 
pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. Notice it's not again about disrespecting his mother, but on point, Jesus explains, for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother, explaining the fact that he was more than just a child of Mary, but he was actually the savior of the world. Jesus' first miracle tells us that he cares about relationships, but he also cares about his mission. And finally, understanding that makes us understand miracles are about relationships and mission. The last time that Jesus spoke to the word woman, referring to Mary, the very last time we find that, captures the deep essence of mission and relationship in one. This was during the moment when he was hanging on the cross about to die, and he speaks to John and to Mary and says, when he saw Jesus, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, speaking of John, standing beside her, he said to her mother, woman, there it is. Woman, here is your son. And there he says to John, then he said to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his very own home. Woman, really referring to her as, I'm about to die as the save of the world. And more than just you being my earthly mother, you are just a woman. And here he says to his, to his disciple, John, take care of her. And at that point, she takes care of her. We're seeing the compassion that Jesus had for her mother, but at the same time being on point to his mission to be the savior of the world. John chapter two, verse six continues. His mother said to his servants, do whatever he tells you. At this point, Mary checks out and realizes whatever Jesus does, it will work. At this point, I don't think Mary ex- believed that there was gonna be a miracle. I don't think she expected what was gonna happen, but she did put her trust in Jesus because she knew her to be the son of God and at the same time, her physical son. Now, John chapter two, verse six says, nearby stood six stone jars of water. Now, the kind that was used by the Jews for ceremonial washing and holding, and, and each holding about 20 to 30 gallons. You gotta understand this. This was very common place in the houses where they were. Now they were washing, they used that to wash before they eat, they wash that before they celebrate. And at this point it's probably empty because of all the guests using that as they came in. Now it says that there were the six stone jars and then each of them holding 20 to 30 gallons. Now we do know that one gallon is about four liters. In other words, there are about 80 to 20, 120 liters of, of this water that is going to be filled. Now think about the moment that this becomes wine. <laughs> everybody, there's enough, there's a bottle of wine for everybody. That's the kind of miracles that God has for us. Now, more than that, it wasn't just, it was 480 to 720 liters because there were six of these pieces of jars. Point being, Jesus' first miracle cost, care, shows us that he cares about relationships, that he cares about mission, and he, miracles are about relationships and missions. This is true if you wonder why sometimes the the miracles that we see don't happen to us. See, the miracles of Jesus have always have two component sides to it. The side of glorifying God and magnifying his name and the side where he relates to people. We see that in his compassion for feeding of the 500, 5,000 rather. We see that for his compassion for saving his brothers and uh, who were out in the water when he was walking on water. And we see that again here. These two are intertwined if we're to see God's miracles happen in our lives. It's not just that you want to get what you want. God is glorified, and in that, 
he finds compassion to give you the miracle that you were expecting. Point number two is the miracle revealed his glory. It revealed his power. You see, making wine is not quite that simple. It's not easy. After you've crushed the fruits, you have to wait to ferment the fruits, the, 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 the liquid or the wine itself to produce the alcohol. More than it takes time to produce wine. It takes labor. It takes gathering and selecting the fruit. And more importantly, it takes time to grow the fruit. In short, it wasn't that quick to make wine. The fact that Jesus could do that, the fact that Jesus could produce that with all of these hardship, more importantly, the fact that he would control over the air, over the sun, over the, over the, over the, uh, the seeds, over the soil, which is what it requires to produce the fruit, tells us that he was really, in fact, God. It is possible that John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 is in reference to this miracle in chapter 2. John saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. <laughs> in other words, if He can make wine instantly like that, in that great a quantity, it's very possible that He is, in fact, the God who created all things. Through Him, all things were made, and without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light for all of mankind. The glory of God is one of the reasons why there is a miracle that happens in our lives. Because the miracle revealed His glory, it revealed His power. It not just revealed His power, it revealed His superiority. In short, He was the greatest God of all. He was above all things. He was above all of mankind. It revealed it can happen anytime, anywhere. The story of the wedding of Cana was about, about small people in simple settings, obscure backgrounds in unseen places. It is also among simple people, small people, obscure, unseen people. In short, it can happen anytime and it can happen anywhere. The miracle revealed his glory. It revealed his power. It revealed his superiority. It revealed it can happen anytime and it can happen anywhere. The story continues in John chapter 2, verse 6. Nearby, the stick stone jars were there, the kind that was used for ceremonial washing, and each holding that number of water. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. I want to talk to you as my final point. How do you participate in a miracle? The first is what we saw Mary do. Bring your concerns to God. <laughs> His mother went to him and said, they've run out of wine. And his mother said, do whatever he tells you. Bring your concerns to God. And after you've done it, do what Mary did. Get out of the way. <laughs> because that's how you participate in the miracle. The next verse in verse 7 says, Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did so. And the master of the banquet uh, to taste the to taste tasted the water that had been turned into wine. Watch what happens here. Mary tells him the problem. Go to him with your burden. Do whatever he tells you. And then Jesus says, "Fill this with water and get some to the banquet master." In other words, he, there was not much to do. The point is, what do you do to participate in the miracle? Bring your concerns to God. Submit to God's direction and leading. Notice that there was not much to do. Put the water, 
draw some, give it to the banquet master, and voila, you have your miracle. John chapter 2, verses 9, the second half says, the banquet master did not realize where it had come from. Though, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, he had no idea where it came from. Now, there are four people or groups of people in this party. The people who did not know the miracle had happened, the people who knew it had happened but did not believe, and thirdly, we find the third person in this group. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best for now. Now, the banquet master had no idea that this has happened, but he realized the wine has come. The third category here is the guy who benefited the most, the bridegroom. And he was not just benefiting the most, he was being honored and saying, wow, you've saved the best till now. This is the third group of people. And many times when we find miracles, there are people who see it but don't believe. There are people who are ob oblivious to the fact that it has to happen. And there are people who actually see it and benefit from it. The point is the last group. Verse 11 says, Jesus did, uh, when Je with Jesus did here, what Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs, the first miracle through which he revealed his glory. There it is, revealing of his glory and his disciples believed him. The question for us is how do you participate in the miracle? Bring your concerns to God, submit to God's direction and leading, and finally, believe in the one who causes the miracles. Let me summarize this message for you. Jesus' first miracle is all about Jesus caring about relationships. It's about Jesus caring about the, his mission. And it's about miracles are all about relationships and mission. Sometimes we isolate one from the other when the reality is they're required to find the miracles of God in our lives. The miracle revealed his glory. It revealed his power. It revealed his superiority. And it revealed it can happen anytime and anywhere. And finally, how do you participate in the miracle? Well, first of all, bring your concerns to God so that he might be glorified when you see the results. Number two, submit to God and direct, direct God's direction and leading. And finally, believe in the one who causes the miracles. Pick up a piece of bread and a cup and join me in a short prayer to honor and proclaim and glorify the God of miracles, our God, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, thank you for the story of the wedding of Cana, the very first miracle where we see your love for people, your intimacy for relationships for the people that you care about, but you also care about your mission. And Lord, thank you that it revealed your power, it revealed your superiority, and it revealed that it can happen to us anytime and anywhere. And finally, teach us to be good participants of your miracles, to bring our concerns to you, to submit to your direction and to your leading, and to always believe that you are the God of all miracles. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, Amen. Thank you for listening to the Every Nation Singapore podcast. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. For more information, visit everynation.org.sg.